baptism and then teach them to obey Christ. As was mentioned at our annual meeting and other places along the way, Cornerstone, we want to develop the culture of discipleship. Dan said that when a church moves into a building, it can grow by 50% in the first year. I think this is a, a very likely possibility for us here at Curtis Falls when we move to our building downtown. Uh, how can we keep that culture of discipleship going when we have so many new people coming in coming through? What if we double the size? Uh, how can we maintain that culture of discipleship, being disciples and making disciples? In our scripture, uh, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Christ gives the final command to his 11 disciples. He tells them, go and make disciples. Let's take a look at that scripture, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. I'm reading from the Revised Standard Version. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. Uh, what is a disciple? Uh, and it's broad as its Christian meaning, it means a follower of Christ. How do you become a follower of Christ? By responding to the gospel, by putting your faith in, in him. Therefore, to make disciples of all nations, we must evangelize. When does a person get baptized? That's the first part of our verse here. Uh, it's after he believes. When Peter preached, at Pentecost, there were 3,000 that were repentant and were baptized. Uh, when the Ethiopian eunuch uh, was taught by Philip the meaning of Isaiah that he was reading, he believed. And he said, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He believed and was baptized. When Paul was confronted by Christ and rode to Damascus, he uh, fasted for three days and uh, waited in the, in the house in Damascus until Ananias came and prayed for him and something like scales fell from his eyes and he rose and was baptized after he had believed and he took fruit. Uh, we as evangelicals don't believe that being baptized makes you a Christian. It's a sign that you are a Christian. Baptism is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual truth. He, uh, Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. He, uh, God does the inward work. Baptism is an outward sign of that work that he does. Uh, so a disciple must first come to the Lord through the proclamation of the gospel and then be baptized. And then now we come to the first tool of uh, maintaining the culture of discipleship that I want to give you. How many of you know John 3.16? Some of you didn't raise your hands. 
We say it together, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. Now I need a volunteer, and I want to take an older volunteer because uh, uh, I want you to know it's for adults as well as for kids. Thank you, Joel. Before the glorious throne of the judgment of Christ, and he separates the sheep from the goats, and you're among the goats. 
hard for me. And uh, you start going away. He said, wait, I know John 3.16. I know five things about John 3.16. God did the loving, and he loved me. And he loved me so much. He gave his son, and, and you're going down. They say, wait, wait. Uh, he loved me. Whoever believes in him will, will have eternal life. Uh, and whoever, whoever doesn't believe in him will perish. I know five things about John 3.16. Well, can God save you because you know John 3.16? No. No, not unless you have received him. Received God's gift. Can you know that God save you? So, uh, that's the nickel sermon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's one presentation of the gospel that you, uh, you could polish up. My, my team leader and navigator said that we should have three polished presentations of the gospel. <coughs> now that one won't be so hard for you to polish up. Um, you might want to try four uh, spiritual laws, steps of peace with God, bridge illustration, uh, Romans Road, the wordless book, the uh, Salvation Poem should have three polished presentations of the Gospel. There is one tool. I went to a seminar at a conference in which Ron Blue was the teacher, and he told, told us at the time that he went to different groups teaching in the Great Commission, our text for today. He said, Jesus said, go, go make disciples, teach, teaching them all that I have commanded. And he taught this to several different groups. Make disciples, teaching them all that I've commanded you. But he corrected himself. That is not correct, is it? That's not what the text says. It's misquoting the verse. The verse says, Go make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now it's getting personal. Uh, when you just teach all that I've commanded you, you've got a classroom relationship to teach. But if you teach them to observe it, now it becomes personal. You've got to, got, got to get involved in the person's life. I read an article that brought this home to me in the, in the uh, Disciple magazine from the Navigators, uh, winter 2013. I'd like to read a few paragraphs on this article by Lauren Sandy. That he, past president of the, of the Navigators. I came to know the Lord in my first year in junior college, and I remember only one person giving me any personal help in the Christian life. Someone who took five minutes to suggest that I read the Bible. <laughs> then I met Dawson Trotman and got into a Bible class he held each morning at 6.15. <coughs> one afternoon he said, Sandy, how would you like to have prayer with me tomorrow morning? He told me to meet him on a little sandbar down at the edge of the, the creek. I got there at, a, at five, and we had a couple hours together in the Word and prayer. Then he said, how about tomorrow morning? Deep in my heart, there were things plaguing me, and I wanted someone I could talk to. I wasn't the kind of guy to open my heart to just anybody. But Doss was a man interested enough in me to give me help, to invest his time in me. He, he was a man to whom I could open my heart, and he helped me. Early in my life with the Navigators, I helped a friend who had a high school ministry. He had lined up 18 meetings for me in 16 days with 17 different groups. 
told them, you can't follow up people like that. You don't just wave a magic wand, give them one pep talk, and automatically get them moving for Christ. Let me talk individually with some of your key young people. First I met with his key guy. After we had talked for a while, I asked him about his Bible reading and the time he was spending in prayer and found out he wasn't doing too well. Later I asked his youth leader then how he thought his key guy was doing with reading the Bible and prayer. Then replied that this guy was one of his best guys and he was doing all right. I told him he would, how he was really doing and then said, you've got to get some time with him individually to know how he's getting along. And I talked with a young lady who was the key Christian girl in her high school and discovered that she was in an inappropriate relationship with her boyfriend. In tears, she told me, I want victory, I really do, but I don't know anyone to go to. Later, I told him, this girl goes to church where the Bible is preached, she goes to Sunday school, Sunday night youth meetings, Sunday night service, and to Wednesday night prayer, and yet the effects of all these are being nullified by the sin taking place in her life. And I was the first person who ever sat down and took an individual personal interest in her. What's involved in having a one-to-one -one ministry to individuals? Most people are looking for a list of steps, but it's more than a formula. You've got to have a heart for people, a vision of the worth of every person, and a vision of the possibilities of that person as a channel for God to use. A lot of us don't have a vision of what God can do with a person. Do you have a heart for people and a heart for God? These will be necessary to participate in a culture of discipleship. You need to pray for that kind of heart, both of us, both me and probably <coughs> you do too. So how can we talk to others in a way that will help them become better disciples? How can we practice Hebrews 10, 24 and 25? It says, uh, let us consider one another to stir up to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the head of some is, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. You come to church or meet with Christian friends, stir them up to love and good works, to encourage them in the Lord. Pastor James McDonald uh, on KFW every day at 11.30, he said we need to, uh, real Christian fellowship happens when we reach level three of communication. Level one is uh, superficial talk, uh, football, the weather. Uh, level two would be a generally personal talk talking about uh, our kids, our job. Level three is when we get spiritually personal and talk to one another to encourage in, in the Lord. Well, how can we encourage each other? What the, I think we need to think about what a disciple looks like. Is he someone who goes to church and Sunday school and uh, puts money in the offering? Maybe stays to visit a little bit afterward. Maybe, uh, uh, yeah, he has uh, personal devotions and uh, he, lives, he lives his life in a Christian way. Yeah, that's a fairly good picture of a disciple. Um, how can we get a person to that point? Uh, I want, to, want you to learn this illustration of the obedient Christian life. 
been a help to me and that can be used as a jumping off point to engage in the third level of conversation. We have tool number one, the nickel sermon, and this is tool number two, the wheel illustration. Now you have a good imagination. I want you to draw in your imagination the hub of a wheel, and in the center of that <coughs> hub, put the name Christ. Christ is the center of our life. Uh, we say in our last song <coughs> that uh, Christ is all my life. He's the only one I have. Christ is the center. The hub of the wheel is the motivating force of our life. Galatians 2.20 I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Even ask your friend who you try to encourage in discipleship, how's your walk with the Lord? Are you walking with Jesus? Are you living with vic in victory? A couple weeks ago, uh, Alicia asked, Ethan sitting behind him, uh, what's the Lord been teaching you lately? Those kind of questions uh, help to encourage, help us to grow as disciples. Now, we've got the hub of the wheel, draw the rim of the wheel in your imagination, and uh, put four spokes to it, two vertical fat spokes, Two vertical, two horizontal. The vertical spokes represent our relationship with God. Uh, to be in touch with God, we need God's Word. And one of the spokes right God's Word. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We need God's Word. You might ask your friend, uh, how's your intake of the Word now, these days? Is God teaching you anything in the Bible? Have you have any special verses and teaching from God? Uh, for parents, uh, you might want to say in the, in the car on the way home, and I heard this one family does this, uh, what did we learn in church today to help us follow Jesus? We need to have this public free talk with our kids, too. And, and the other spoke, the other vertical spoke, the, the word prayer. Be in touch with God, we need to pray. And I put in there uh, Ephesians 6 18. God's been speaking to me for that verse lately. Uh, pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. What? I've got to be praying regularly for the other saints, for other Christians? That's what it says. Uh, you can ask, maybe ask your friend, uh, how is your, what's your method for, for prayer? What, how are you connecting with God through prayer? Uh, have you had any prayers answered lately? Here's a prayer that I had answered. Uh, How about we uh, take the Cornerstone directory and pray to everybody in the directory. In the horizontal spokes, in one of them, put fellowship. Uh, Matthew 18, 20, for two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So we know that Jesus is with us, especially when we're gathered together. 
director of the Church of Grand Cayman wrote a book called Church, and uh, it was reviewed in World Magazine December 1st, 2012, and they summarized the book this way. Message in essence, have a meaningful spiritual conversation with each person in your church at least once per year. You, he says, are members of one another. Now act like it. Well, I said, sorry to thinking, uh, see, there must be about 88 people attending church, and how am I going to divide that? It's 52 Sundays, and I'm not there every week. Uh, well, I guess there's some other opportunities, too, but uh, how do I talk with every person every year in my church? I guess some are babies, so I wouldn't talk to them. Uh, but uh, the kids I can talk to, it doesn't take long, a spiritual conversation with them, and other adults. Uh, I was impressed with Lee Biber. He said, I got over my shyness in his book. And uh, that's something we all have to do, get over our shyness as we mature. Um, think about a shy guy that was writing the school bus. And he was really shy, but every one of us, including him, has to get older uh, into our adult years that we're going to be mature. We need to get over our shyness about talking to each other about spiritual matters. And you might ask your friend, if you're helping become a disciple, are you developing friendships with Christians as well as non-Christians? Are you getting time with other believers? How do you do that? I'm uh, thankful for my bus, school bus aide, Dallas Rostin, in the time that we drive from Adams to uh, back to the bus company. I usually try to engage him in something in a level three conversation, get, get some ideas from him, uh, give him some of my... Uh, try to make it a point to do that. But we need to try to make it a point for each other. And the other spoke, horizontal spoke, right witness. Matthew 4.19. Follow me and I will make you pictures of men. Uh, we might want to ask our friends about how he's witnessing. How is he telling others about God? Uh, I asked I asked a friend of mine at lunch, uh, how was your witness going? Uh, he says, uh, it's improving. If you start with zero, then <laughs> anything is improved. <laughs> well, maybe we're starting with zero. Maybe not. But uh, let's make sure we're sharing the gospel. We have a tool now. We've got the Nickel Sermon. Why don't you go out and think of somebody you can share that with and try to polish it up. Uh, a Christian would like to hear it too, as well as not Christian. So just, just give it a little practice. <coughs> and the uh, the wheel illustration pretty goes along pretty well with our church core values of worship and the word and prayer and fellowship and witness service. Service happens when you get to the rim of the wheel. That's where the rubber meets the road. It's our everyday life, putting in practice what, what we are uh, told from the Lord. And uh, so we put our, in our service there. I want to give you Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, Everything I do, I need to be doing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. 
Uh, you mean everything I do, I'm supposed to give thanks to the Father? Yep. Uh, Christ is our life, as we sang. Don't yield to sin, yield to Christ. When Christ was our life appears, then we, you also will appear with his glory. How can I live that kind of life? I'm human, I make mistakes. Jesus says, Oh, I'm with you always. You aren't on your own. You have somebody with you. He says, I will be, never leave you, nor forsake you. <coughs> when we're tempted, God always makes that escape. Let's take that way of escape. Uh, if we sin, God promises forgiveness as we will confess our sins. Through the confessing. To sum it up, use the wheel illustration as a reference to talk to others on a level three, real Christian fellowship. You have your mental drawing in place, right? The hub with Christ in the center. The virtual spokes are in his word, God's word. The horizontal spokes, fellowship, and witness. And the rhythm is our daily walk, our daily life, or whatever we do. Two tools, the nickel sermon and the wheel illustration. Let's use these to establish and maintain culture of discipleship here at Cornerstone Church. Let's pray together. <coughs> Dear Lord, uh, we do want a culture of discipleship at Cornerstone. Pray that you would help us step out of our, of our discomfort and talk to each other in level three. Encourage one another, build each other up. Use our gifts. Give, uh, give, you, give us heart for God and heart for men. Untimely individuals to help them grow. In Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs>